from the Caribbean and I'm a Christian boy. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Nothing wrong with that. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Inspiration for Your Day. How are you doing today? I sure hope your morning has gotten off to a good start. And, uh, you know, if it started off with a challenge or a few obstacles, well, you're in the right place place to have your spirits lifted and hopefully by the end of this show you'll have a smile on your face. I am Nicole Georges Bennett and this of course is inspiration for your day. I'm so happy to have you with me as we celebrate the Lord together. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. start the day with a good song, isn't it? Please join me now as we take a moment to dedicate this time of praise and reflection to our Heavenly Father. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, we exalt your name and we pray that in everything we do that you would be glorified. Please bless us, protect us, and I pray that this program will touch hearts and impact souls for you. Watch over us, we pray, and we thank you, Lord, for your grace, your favor, your love, and your mercy. And we also pray, Lord, that your will will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for praying with me. I, of course, always love to have a little devotional to sort of set the tone for the program and um, hopefully 
impart some knowledge and wisdom to your day. So I've got an interesting little story here, and it's coming from ChristianPerspective.net, and it's called Ignoring the Treasure. If you knew there was a priceless treasure on your property, what would you do? Excitedly hunt and hunt until you found it, right? You'd likely give up whatever you had in order to get the tools and the time you needed to find that treasure. Jonah's story then might sound strange, but it's all too often true. You see, Jonah knew there was a treasure on his father's property. His father had even given him a treasure map so he could find it. Jonah was excited at first, but he easily gave up. He went through a phase where he got busy with playing games and having a good time and forgetting about the treasure. There came a day, though, when Jonah realized he really needed money, and he had good reason. Some friends were hurting, and he wanted to help them. He began occasionally asking his father for more money, all the while failing to dig for the treasure his father had already told him would be his if he just searched for it. Funnily enough, he'd go to other fields and dig for treasure there, hoping to find something. But the only thing he found was counterfeit currency. He kept tiring himself out for nothing, all the while ignoring the treasure map his father had given him. Jonah kept missing out, all because he didn't listen to his father, following the treasure map and seeking the treasure his father had given him. And you know what? We do the same whenever we ignore God's word, failing to follow the treasure map he's given us in the Bible and neglecting to seek knowing him, his wisdom, like we would a hidden treasure. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. From Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. So let's make sure that we are not ignoring the treasure map, which is God's word, and neglecting to seek knowing him and his wisdom as we would a hidden treasure. Thank you so much for joining me for this short devotional. I really hope that it spoke to your heart today. We're going to get back into some music. Coming up, we've got Groundworks continuing on with our series on the spiritual disciplines. That's towards the end of the hour. And right now, we've got some messages for you. Do you have a business to promote? Sign up now for the TLC Business Directory. Send an email to info at the lakesidechurch.ca Fill in your business information and you're all set. Get the word out and increase your clientele. Sign up today. Hello moms, dads and grandparents. Felicia and Yusuf here to tell you about Sunday School. For the kids ages 4 to 11, held every Thursday at 7pm using Zoom. You can register your kids at the TLC website. Go to TLC Kids Sunday School. Info at the lakesidechurch.ca Always looking forward to seeing the kids. Have, Have a, a fruitful, fruitful and, and wonderful, wonderful week. God, God bless. bless.
presence of the Lord And you lift up holy hands And you make a joyful noise to Him It's okay if your neighbor don't understand Sing it again When you walk into the presence of the Lord And you lift up holy hands And you make a joyful noise to Him It's okay if some people don't understand Tell me why Cause they don't know When you are sinking low Who picked you up? They don't know When you are running dry Who filled your cup? They don't know That you almost lost your mind Felt like giving up But you got a reason You got a reason to do it Yeah Come and say Trump and wait Misbehave Let them think you're crazy Tell them that is not the case Jesus is amazing Come and wait Presence of the Lord, yeah. and we're lifting holy hands. Yeah. There's a joy that runs deep within our hearts. Oh yeah, something they can't understand. Oh na 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 na. Come now, stop from give all praise and thanks to my Jehovah. Me can't. Stop from big up the one who me calls my Redeemer. Me can't. Turn my back on you, oh Jesus. Oh no. Remember that God is still in control. Don't act in haste. Take things one step at a time. 
and trust Jesus to guide you. When things start spinning, hold tight to the Lord Jesus and to the faith you have in him. Hold tight to the assurance that Jesus is able to guard and protect whatever you commit into his care. He will give you the strength needed to meet each emergency and to adjust to each change in your life. When things start spinning out of control, don't act in haste. Take things one step at a time and trust Jesus. You know, the songwriter says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word." And what peace we often forfeit, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So make sure that you remember that when life seems to spin out of control, God is still in control. You're listening to Inspiration for Your Day. Come on, everybody, get your feet happy. Let's go, come on.
as we continue our series on the spiritual disciplines. And don't forget, if you plan to attend service at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday, live and in person, please respond to the survey and make sure that the TLC pastoral staff know how many members of your family will be attending as they continue to practice all of the safety measures necessary for social distancing. And of course, don't forget your mask. Hand sanitizer will be available in the lobby area. And make sure that you enjoy the service and the fellowship. How many people love a little reggae? Do you love reggae? If you love reggae, stand up with the man. <laughs> we sing this song. We stand and lift up our head for the
years ago, some billboard advertisements proclaimed, Drink Pepsi, win stuff. The ads never even said what the stuff was that you could win. But maybe that doesn't matter today, since, as the bumper sticker slogan says, the one who dies with the most stuff wins. We assume that stuffing our lives with, well, with more stuff is the way to be happy, successful, content. But is that so? Is that anything remotely like the Christian vision for what life is all about? Today on Groundwork, we continue in our series on the spiritual disciplines to think most especially about the discipline of simplicity. What is this discipline? How does it lead us another way from so much of contemporary society? And how does it make us grow closer to the heart of God? Stay tuned. Words of Hope and Reframe Media, this is Groundwork, where we dig into Scripture to lay the foundation for our lives. I'm Dave Bast. And I'm Scott Jose, continuing on in this series of programs on disciplines, spiritual uh, disciplines. And as uh, mentioned already, we're going to look at simplicity today, but we've looked at a number of other ones. Mm -hmm. And throughout the series, we'll be looking at meditation on Scripture and prayer, fasting, uh, giving, Giving, generosity, service, solitude. Uh, But today, uh, simplicity. And uh, we'll look at some Scripture passages that help kind of get at that subject. Yeah. And the, the disciplines are all things that we do not so much for their own sake, although they, they're probably good for us, mm-hmm. but we do them in order to grow in our life with God. They all, in one way or another, will help to break the hold that the various idols of the world have on us and draw us closer into the mind and heart of God. So there's a wonderful uh, practical result that pursuing these things have. And today we want to talk, as you said in the in- introduction, about uh, the discipline of simplicity. Maybe you've never thought of that as mm. a spiritual yeah. discipline, but it is. And here's a great passage from Paul's letter to the Philippians that can get us grounded in Scripture. Philippians 4, beginning at verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me, Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So there is Paul indicating to the Philippians uh, they'd given him a gift, and he was very grateful for the gift, and he doesn't pretend that the gift is meaningless or or not even useful for him, but he wants to make clear that's not the the joy of his heart, getting stuff. And in that sense, uh, Paul is living out uh, what his Lord Jesus had said in the gospel, uh, well-known lines from uh, Matthew 6 and the Sermon on the Mount, where, you know, Jesus, just quickly to remind ourselves, you know, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then, of course, he says, don't worry about food, drink, clothing. Uh, the pagans run after all those things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you as well. And that's, so that's sort of what Paul is trying to live out there as an example in front of the Philippians. They gave him some things, much appreciated, but even without them, there's a contentment in Paul's heart just from knowing who Jesus is and who owns his life. Right. And 
you know, neither Paul nor Jesus is saying in these passages that we got to learn to live on nothing. Right. That you can't ever have anything nice. You can't ever enjoy anything. You don't have to worry about where your next meal is going to come from. You don't have to be uh, prudent and saving and uh, all of that. That's not the point they're trying to make. They're both trying to say we mustn't obsess over things, over the goods of the world. And God wants to feed us and clothe us. Yes, he'll use our efforts to do that and the efforts of, of others. But it's not a matter of stripping away everything. But it is a matter of perhaps paring down life uh, to simplicity, to, to the basics, because there there is all through Scripture, and uh, we'll see different uh, Scripture passages in this show too, but uh, there is that sense that the more cluttered your life is, the harder it is to kind of make your way to God, and the harder it is to see your way clearly as to what the kingdom is up to. Yeah, And, of course, that is the rub, as we could say. That's sort of the issue or the conflict with modern society. As we said at the head of this program, Dave, people just want more stuff. Uh, We're always stuffing our lives with more stuff. And we seem to think that that is the path to the kind of contentment. So Paul said, look, I've had a lot. I've had a little. I've had nothing. And the one constant for me is contentment. I can be content with a lot, with a little, with nothing. But society says, oh, no, you can't. You can only be content with a lot. More and more, ever better, keep collecting, keep stuffing your life. Well, but there are a lot of people, including people in society, that recognize kind of the futility of that and the the burden that accumulating and having lots and lots can lay on us. So, uh, you you know, there's a term in real estate when you want to sell your house, you have to declutter it. Hmm. Uh, You have to make it clean and simple and neat. And there are people in society that recognize the wisdom of that with respect to their lives. This is, to me, an important point. I actually have kind of gotten into a couple of reality shows where people are living out in the wilderness mm-hmm. and they're, they're radically simplifying. And the interesting thing, one of the interesting things to me, it's, it's, it's interesting just to see how, what kind of a life that is. But there is never a whiff of God in any of those programs. There maybe they'll talk about native religion or they'll talk about the creation and and living simply. Uh, It becomes an end in itself. And the spiritual discipline of simplicity is not an end in itself. It is a means to the end that we may seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then all these things will be added. That's the point Jesus yep. is making. Yeah, if you don't have that up front, then paring down just sort of gets you down to something else, but it doesn't get you to focus on God. And again, right, so there are some of those reality shows that, that try to you know put people in extremis, right, that kind of put them in, into extreme situations. But, of course, that, too, stands in such contrast to the rest of society because probably a lot of the advertisements that come on during those shows yeah, exactly. are, are aiming for what, and some observers of the advertising industry have noted that there is this thing called designer dissatisfaction, that advertisers make us dissatisfied by design. Your life is worth nothing if you've just got PlayStation 1. You have to have PlayStation 2. And that 38-inch widescreen TV is great, but the 52-inch one, you can't live without it, right? We're made dissatisfied constantly by advertisers who want us to believe the lie that more is better and more stuff leads to happiness. Or built-in planned obsolescence, as they say. Right. You know, your your new gadget wears out and it's no longer supported by the software in a few years right. so that you have to buy a, a, have to an updated one. Well, we want to focus in on what simplicity really looks like 
and what it really can do for us in terms of seeking God and his kingdom. And we want to be a little bit practical about this, so we're going to have a guest join us in just a few moments who's going to share a little bit about uh, how she's tried to achieve a simpler life for the sake of the kingdom. ThinkChristian.net is a collaborative Christian blog that talks about movies, entertainment, current events, and any other topic that has an impact on our faith and the way we relate to the world around us. What does it mean to think Christian? It's having a different perspective on how the world works. It's about exercising our faith in every aspect of our lives, heart, soul, and mind. Join me and thousands of others who go online to thinkchristian.net for a conversation about faith, culture, and what it means to be a Christian. I'm Scott Jose, along with Dave Bast, and you're listening to Groundwork as part of our spiritual discipline series. We're thinking today about the discipline of simplicity. And Dave, we have a guest with us to help us talk about that. We're welcoming today Rena Dam. Welcome, Rena, to Thank the program. You. Thank you. Uh, let me give a little bit of background. In the interest of full disclosure, I should start by saying Rena is a colleague uh, <laughs> on staff with us at Words of Hope, and she works in our English ministry and is a program producer for the international English program that we do. But Rena has a wonderfully interesting and varied background. She grew up as an MK, that's missionary kid, in Bangladesh and Taiwan. She, as an adult, has served as a missionary in Africa, mm -hmm. especially working with an organization that's today known as World Renew, it's formerly the Christian Reform World Relief Committee, in uh, various kinds of projects aimed at helping people uh, with development and uh, physical needs and that sort of thing in Africa. And I wonder, Rena, if that background hasn't had a big impact on the way you try to live now here in a rather affluent city in the United States. Right. Yeah, it definitely does. If I think about my attitude towards simplicity, it's extremely impacted by my upbringing, not only growing up in places where there was so much poverty and so many people you know, doing without and being aware of those sort of inequalities in material resources. But it also has made me realize some things that people in other places we call less developed, what they have that we sort of lose ah, yeah, right. or have lost. With, it's not only what they lack. It's, right. It's what oh, they exactly. have that we lack. Exactly. Mm. Something that we have not necessarily traded in, but almost lost as we collect more and more things around us. We lose our relationships and our closeness with other people and with mm. God in a way that I find other people find easier when their lives are not so full of stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's easy, you know, when we think, Rena, too, about other cultures. So you've been mm -hmm. in Africa, Bangladesh, and we think, well, yeah, those people live uh, simpler lives because they have no only choice. You know, they don't they don't have, you know, an Ikea to go to. Uh, so, of course, they're simple. Uh, but then again, they have no choice. But, but what you're saying is that your observation is that, to a degree, it's true. They just don't have the opportunity. Right. But they have other things. Talk about a, a few things you observed that we sometimes lose because we do have Ikea and Sam's Club and everything else. What, what are some of the virtues you saw in those cultures and what they have because they have less stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, most of them are relational, either between relationships with you know our fellow human beings mm -hmm. and also our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. In the sense of with each other, there's a 
usually a much more sort of cohesive sense of community in places than there is, for example, I live in a place where I hardly ever see my neighbors. Mm -hmm. I rarely even talk to them. I drive my car into mm. my driveway. I go into my house. I do my things in my and and we sort of have to fight against that in our culture yeah. because we've built up so many things around us. You know, we have all these lovely houses, but how many people come and visit them? Yeah, you know, right. that's a good point. Um, mm. And the other thing that I really see is there's a sense of I think vulnerability mm. in in our relationship with God that people have also a sense of gratefulness and thankfulness in our church that we would go to in rural Uganda. People would almost always start their prayers with, thank you for waking me up this morning, mm. Lord. Yeah. You know, not thank you for my Mercedes or thank you that I have all of these clothes to choose from or all of this stuff. Thank you that I'm just here yeah. and that, you know, you sustain me. Um, and I think there's a closeness with God that, when we fill our lives with other things, we often lose that depth yeah. of relationship, unfortunately. You know, you mentioned Uganda, and on a program fairly recently on Groundwork, we uh, welcomed Archbishop Henry Luca oh, Rombi yeah. from yeah. Uganda. And I just asked him kind of open-ended, you're an outsider, you're a, a preacher, what would you critique about our society mm. as you look at it? And the first thing he said was, mm. you're too busy. Yes. And you don't have enough room for God in your life. You, yes. you haven't l allowed space for that. It takes it takes time. And, you know, again, we need to declutter our lives. Right. Not simply as an end in itself, but for the sake of other people, of, of relationships yeah. with them and with God. I think that is a really good point. And that actually is what I struggle with. I have a much easier time making my material surroundings simpler. What I find much harder to do is to sort of work against those pressures of all the things we feel we should do um, and all the things that keep us busy, like you were saying. We run around sometimes not even knowing why we're doing <laughs> what, what we're doing anymore. Yeah. And it's this kind of lack of focus that makes it very difficult to really be able to live a life concerned with what really matters. Well, now now we're thinking about the next discipline, which is solitude and silence. Right. That can help us sure. with the business. Sure. But, but getting back to uh, decluttering and simplicity, what are some of the practical things you've done hmm. to simplify your material life, your physical? I mean, just in a very practical sense, I just, I don't have a lot of stuff. Myself and my kids, we, we don't buy a lot of things. We don't I think the, probably the biggest thing for my children is that we don't own a TV, so we don't have a lot of that sort of techie stuff either. Of course, that's also, in terms of simplicity, a huge thing in terms of our time. One of the other things that is very important to me is uh, really focusing on those relationships. And one of the ways that that is connected to how I do that very practically in my life is, for example, I don't have a microwave, I don't have a dishwasher. I grow or work with local farms to get all of our vegetables. I mean, not all of our food. You spend a lot of time on food preparation. I do. And, clean, and I do. with your kids as they exactly. get older. Exactly, which in yeah. fact, the the result of that, what's so great about that is not like, oh, what a, what a sacrifice. I don't have a microwave. That isn't really what matters. What matters is that every single day I am preparing, eating, cleaning up, spending time with my with my kids doing that. And I think that that in a way, 
there is the outcome of simplicity. Well, it's interesting, you know, we, and this started already in the 1950s when appliances were kind of coming mm. into their own, dishwashers, microwaves, we would call them all time-saving appliances. Right. But unfortunately, the time we save never got plowed into relationships. Yeah. They just got plowed <laughs> right. into watching TV. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or, Put it or, into a different appliance, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so the time we save with those things, unfortunately, and I'm, I confess this is probably true in my own life too, yeah, we save time with a dishwasher instead of doing them by hand, but we don't spend time with each other in the time we save. We go, go our separate ways. It is a matter of some intentionality, mm-hmm. but the other intentionality is is that then the relationships have to be nurtured simultaneously. They won't happen automatically, even even so. So you're very intentional about both. Right. Yeah. If we just kind of float along with the mainstream way our society goes, it is very difficult to have a sense of focus mm-hmm. because we just get pulled apart in all different kinds of di- directions and distracted by things and by all of this stuff that we feel we need to be doing. Well, I think this is certainly an area where we can't make rules or mm-hmm. um, lay down even principles, kind of. it's Everybody has to sort of find their own way. Right. And what do you give up and how much do you give up? Mm-hmm. I remember reading a line years ago of Calvin who said, well, there's always another step you can take in, in effect. You know, there's always something more you can give up yes. till you live on bread and water. But even then, you could have moldy bread and uh, dirty water. <laughs> um, and I think his point was try it and take some steps and don't worry about how, you know, rigorous you have to be. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of reclaiming our lives for the sake of relationship. Right. I, I, I really like that as a focus on the positive rather than the negative, rather than simplicity being uh, equated with sacrifice. Mm. It's equated with actually enriching our lives. You may, in a sense, feel like you're having to give something up, but you gain so much more in return. You know, it's interesting. And we, we said in the first segment of this show too, Rena, we have to fight against society for so much of this so that we're constantly being pulled hmm. the other direction. I know I read a quote from somebody a while back who said, you know, Americans are willing to share almost anything with each other at dinner parties or cocktail parties. You can share about your depression. Verbally sharing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saying, you, yeah. you can share about your depression. You can talk about your bipolar. You can talk about, you know, a bad relationship. Yeah, and people just nod and say, oh, yeah, yeah. But tell somebody you don't own a TV and they think you're aware. <laughs> it's like, so, what's wrong with you? Um, but again, that's just that pressure of society that we've just sort of defined a good life with stuff. Right. And not with people. Right. Well, thank you so much, Rena, for joining us uh, and for sharing that. We're going to, uh, in just a moment, uh, wrap up this uh, program with some more thoughts about uh, the simple life. But uh, your testimony and your words and your uh, experience from living abroad has helped us a lot. So thank you very much. Yes. Thanks for having me. Listeners like you make Groundwork what it is. Our website, groundworkonline.com, is another way that we work to join you as you dig deeper into the scriptures. There, we continue to reflect on today's discussion about our world and the Bible. Plus, we look to you to help us think about upcoming programs. Finding us is easy. Just visit our website, groundworkonline.com. listening to Groundwork, where we're digging into Scripture to lay the foundation for our lives. I'm Dave Bast. 
And I'm Scott Jose, and we're wrapping up a program on the discipline of simplicity. And by virtue of the fact that this is a discipline, Dave, that means there are some things we can do or try to do intentionally. We just heard from our guest in the last segment, Rena, uh, who mentioned some things she does intentionally. But maybe we can wrap this up uh, with a few other things so that we, like Paul in Philippians 4, the passage we read in the first segment, can truly say and mean it, Look, sometimes we have a little, sometimes we have a lot, some seasons we have almost nothing, but in all seasons we can be content. Yeah, How absolutely. can we do that? And I'm glad you brought us back to that Philippians 4 passage, because listen carefully to what Paul says, I have learned mm. the secret of how to be content. There is a process to it. Right. There, there's a learning curve, as yeah. we like to say. It is a secret in the sense that uh, not everybody stumbles onto this. Uh, there are some things you have to do, and it takes practice. Uh, that's what learning is. So Paul is saying to us, I think, life can teach you this lesson if you go about it right. the right way, if you approach it in the right way, and then if you take the right steps. I think, you know, one simple step to take, you know, just for starters, is stop envying what other people have. Right. If you want to be content with what you have, stop complaining about what you what you lack. I, I, just this morning, I was um, doing my email. I tend, like many people today, to buy things online. Mm -hmm. You go get a book at Amazon, or w you can get anything at Amazon now, or, or these other places. Uh, that's very convenient, but what you get back is the ads that come right, right. onto yeah, your computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I had an email this morning from a supplier saying, make your garage the envy of your neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, you can even make your garage the envy of others. What's in it, all the stuff, all the the accumulated. No, uh, nothing is safe from designer dissatisfaction. Right. And, uh, so what can we do? And, and we've, uh, we're, we're indebted on a number of these programs, Dave, to Richard Foster and his kind of classic uh, book uh, of the last 30 years, The Celebration of Discipline. And he has a few ideas that we'll just share quickly in closing here. How, what does simplifying mean? And again, the learning to be content, Dave, as you pointed out from Paul. Well, one thing we could do is, is get in the habit of giving stuff away on a regular basis. And not just the stuff that's broken, outdated, or the clothing that's torn for the rummage sale. Give away something you still need. Now, maybe you'll replace it eventually if you really, but give away something you need to somebody who, who needs it more and who, who doesn't have a chance to, to get it on, on his or her own. Right. And here's another great idea of Foster's. Before you buy anything, especially something big, mm. ask yourself, am I buying this for its utility mm. or for the sake of my own status? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is, that's such a powerful one because, you know, the clothes we wear, the car that we drive, the, uh, the kind of phone yeah. maybe that's in our yeah. pocket – a lot of these things, we go for the expensive and the flashy because we really want to tell people or show people yep. how important we are or how successful. Yep. Yeah, when status uh, and being eye-catching means more than just having a car to get around town or a, a coat to put on your back, that is an indication that we're, we're buying way too much into the idea that more stuff is, is the way to contentment. Another idea, um, and I get this uh, from my friend Neil Plandinga, who said years ago, you know, TV advertisements, if you have a TV, advertisers are often making ridiculous claims about what this product will do for you, or even what you said earlier about make your garage the envy. Sometimes we need to get into the habit of 
laughing out loud and letting our children, if we have children at home yet, let our children hear uh, their parents laugh at, at what a silly claim yeah. this is. This isn't where happiness is or where our heart should be. So just laugh out loud. Laugh them into derision, right. uh, the advertisers. How ridiculous it is to think that the kind of car you drive will help you attract attractive people yeah. to you uh, or further your career. Or make or, you a better person yeah. at all. Here's one last idea straight from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember what he said in that passage we read at the beginning of the program. Consider the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. Look Mm -hmm. at the creation around you. Look at the beauty that God has built into the world and recognize that that beauty is greater than any uh, of the stuff you might accumulate. Yeah, creation properly puts us in our place and, and lets us realize what's really important and what really isn't. And what's really important is, is being after the heart of God. Well, thanks for joining our Groundwork Conversation. We're your hosts, Scott Jose and Dave Bast, and Rena Dam was a special guest on our program today, too, and we thank her. We'd like to know how we can help you continue digging deeper into Scripture, so visit our website, groundworkonline.com. Tell us topics and passages you'd like to hear next on Groundwork. Wow. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. And that's how we're going to wrap things up for today's inspiration for your day. Thank you so much for joining me. I really hope that wherever you were today, that the messages and the music really lifted your heart, put a smile on your face, and a sense of renewed hope in your heart. Remember to tune in on Tuesday evening uh, to the Lakeside Church Toronto Facebook page for prayer meeting. want to say hi to Pastor Sarita and Caps, Matthew, and everybody who does such a wonderful job of... um, hosting prayer meeting and of course we will have live services live stream on the lakesidechurch.ca website on sunday at 10 30 a.m you have been listening to inspiration for your day do have a wonderful day a wonderful week everybody and god bless you Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, he hears my song. You are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good, 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 good. me
Oh, 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 oh,